all right all right i just played a song from kanye west can't tell me nothing the current state of his life everyone is trying to tell him something um, i want to get an expert on kanye west to join us for the show but today for everyone who is listening in you're welcome to the growth mindsets podcast my name is brindon your host and uh, i'm excited to have you again excited to be going to spend the next one hour and so with you so for today's podcast we have another special guest all our guests are special because everyone has a different understanding of the lessons we want to pick and derive from this podcast this podcast is brought to you by debaka studios in partnership with skill haven and um, we shall get more details at the end of the podcast let's not delay our guest anymore today's guest is uh, a good friend of mine we have been in the trenches together we have been to the top of the world together we have uh, moved to different places we have worked on different businesses he's a person that inspires me a lot but he also has a story that uh, i would love for the listeners the people who want to learn from this to pick from him to hear his story to understand how he has managed to make it this far today's guest is babu afan sabila an economist from Makere University and um, a co-founder at Skillhaven. He will introduce himself further. Afan, you're welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, can I shake your hand? <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor. Thank you for hosting me today. Um, I'm also sorry I came late, but... Uh, we are used to you uganda we are <laughs> we are used <laughs> right so i'm honored and i'm glad to be here today uh my name is sabila babu afan that's the right order even on the passport guys ah. <laughs> <laughs> that is not yet out oh but and those are the kind of problems we shall look at an address probably within this podcast but my name is sabila babu afan uh, a graduate from makere university i did business and why i did business is a story i am willing to share and uh, secondly i'm into crypto guys as he said i'm a co-founder at skill haven africa we have come a long way i would say from the time we did our first class till where we are right now we can actually record a podcast guess it has not been hard and it's not going to be easy for the next few years but i would say what we're building is great I'm sure for the listeners, 
they have seen the kind of work we have done in the community and the country and also Africa. I mean, we have impacted people across the Ugandan border, the Ugandan boundary. Yesterday we had a Nigerian guest. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> we are not everyday people, by the way. Yeah. So, Afan, welcome to the podcast. I know this has been something we envisioned, something that we talked about. I think before we even get into your story, I would love to remind you the first time we attempted to have something like this. I think that was, uh, was it late to late 2021 after lockdown when we convened uh, Jonan, uh, Seif. So our attempt was we wanted to have a YouTube channel. Yes. We borrowed an iPhone. Yes. from Sharif. Sharif, if you're listening, thank you, brother. <laughs> Big up. <laughs> we borrowed an iPhone from Sharif and we recorded. It was an iPhone XR. Yeah. With 64 GB storage. Yes. <laughs> we recorded a podcast for, I think it was not intentionally to be a podcast, it was supposed to be a YouTube video. So we recorded for about two hours. Yes. Uh, went into the class, shared with these guys, at the end of the podcast, at the end of the uh, at the end of our session, we pressed save. And we looked for the video, and we couldn't find it. Since then, it has been: how do we make it better? How do we uh, create this one thing that we gave an attempt at and failed? And when we met with Baka for the first time. And he told me, man, we can do a podcast. We can. I was like, you're kidding. He's like, yeah, we can. And here we are. This is the fourth episode. With the right equipment. Everyone is trying. Like, everyone I'm talking to, they are excited to be on this podcast. So, I think, let's bring people up to speed. Afan, who are you? Who would you call? Yeah, I know you. Yes. Who would you call? A fan. Describe a fan. What stories make a fan? Who is he? What makes the brand a fan? Sure. Um, right from when I want to start this story from uh, when I left my O level. Because I think that is when I count that that's when I started living the life I appreciate. I was... Wait. Wait. <laughs> Why were you living life you don't appreciate? Because I, that is I, where we want to start from. We want to know how you grow to appreciate sure. your life. All right. So, uh, soon after my primary, I joined Turkish Light Academy. By then, it was still named Turkish Light Academy. Right now, it's Light Academy. And um, it was a prestigious school in Entebbe, Chigo, next to the lake. Uh, great scenery, great teachers, great, great equipment. The classes were really great. I was seeing whiteboards for the first time. Uh, 
very sophisticated laboratories, uh, you know, up to date technology. And when it came to the people in the school, these were high class people. These were people from well-to-do families. Now, the story of how I joined Turkish Light uh, was not the normal path of admission and, you know, you're called up to, to get the admission number. My story was a bursary. How I joined that prestigious school was through a bursary program they were running. So my dad knew a friend who knew a friend Mm. Who was there? Mm. <laughs> In Uganda, <laughs> that story is interesting. Let's go. So, he managed to pick up the bursary forms. I filled them in. Um, my marks were good. Uh, went for an interview, and I passed it. Mm. I asked it. So, I was given uh, the admission letters, and then I reported to school. It happened all in a period of a week. Wow, a week? Yes. So I had my uniforms, my everything in just a week. So I joined the school on bursary, meaning I was not, my father was not paying any fees. Yeah. Um, I get into the school, the environment was great. Uh, the learning was really great. Uh, but there was something with this school. Yeah. And I would say life life is worth living and every moment is it should should be actually appreciated. Uh there are things I learned there, there are people I met there that uh changed my way of life. But generally this was a school I told you of well to do people. Yeah. And they were not aggressive with life. They were not hustlers. Mm. Now, the school I was from, moving back to primary, the school I was from... Was for hustlers. Was for hustlers. <laughs> so, a hustler. So, getting a hustler and taking a hustler to a very comfortable position, yeah. I was forced to relax were just to fit in yes mm. so this was a school where by the time i joined there were no morning preps you guys never i'm sad but okay <laughs> <laughs> there are no morning preps imagine waking up at seven and there's breakfast in the dining hall classes start at 8 a.m for two hours, then go out for a break for 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. Come back, study for an hour and a half, and it's lunchtime. Wow. There's chicken, there's rice, there's meat. There's life. There's life. Salads and everything. I was there for four years. Um, the enjoyable parts of the school were the sports I was doing. Yeah. I got into rugby from my senior one. It was culture as a single school. 
I didn't mention it was a single, a single school. school. Yeah. <laughs> it was culture and it's uh it was normally the culture back in the days for single schools to have compulsory training uh for rugby. Yeah. And in that way it built people from when they joined till they matured. Um I got into rugby. Rugby was a, a sport I enjoyed. I got a few hits there here and there. <laughs> yeah, rugby is not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> I remember the time I got um it was a Saturday afternoon and I was moving up to to the dining hall. Yeah. Then I saw guys playing. So I was like, uh, let me play for 30 minutes just just my friend. I moved away with an injury. Wow. Like my 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 hand got dislocated. Okay. Just like that. For in a few minutes. In just 30 minutes. Yes. Yeah, that's rugby. <laughs> Sorry. But that's rugby. So I I also did uh football. Um when it came to classes, classes were really good. Uh but as I told you, I was in a comfort zone. You are very comfortable. I was not forced to think of anything outside relaxing. Wow. This was a school that had a screen in the dormitory section. So soccer and any other shows were just at a comfort You'd... of of a few footsteps out of your your room. So that is that that was my all level life. Uh, I managed to go through well. Uh performed well and I hoped I would go back. But being in a single school mm. and uh, the kind of life in a single school is one where there are no women. <laughs> For those of us who are listening, after saying there are no women, Afan looked directly into the camera with pain. <laughs> so, such an environment was um one that denied me uh interaction with girls and women. And of course, as an adolescent, you want to see scats around yeah it's it's, under, it's, it's, it's biology yes mm. it's nature yeah um my whole idea was i wanted to switch to a school of the same standard but with scats but mixed yes let's not address but, it as scats <laughs> but a mixed school yeah um my parents wanted me to go back uh to light academy but as the weeks went ahead and there were actually two weeks to reporting um my dad came back with a, an envelope mm. and it had the name Gombe Secondary School of Butambala yes Butambala that one yeah i had no idea what the school looked like or where it was located 
I just saw a moon and a star. And in my mind I was like this is a Muslim school. Was Light Academy a Muslim school? Uh Light Academy was a school. A, a Muslim founded school, an Islamic founded school. It uh it had Islamic principles, but it is not a typical Muslim school the way we know Muslim schools. Mm. So traditional. Fact, yes. Mm. The fact that it was founded by Muslims didn't make it a typical Muslim school. So um a week to reporting to A level now. Yeah. Is when this envelope envelope comes in. And that was actually a letter showing what requirements were needed to join the school, a bank slip in the envelope. And I was like, okay. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. So I asked my dad and he was like, ah, this is a school that uh, really does great in in terms of performance when it comes to performance mm-hmm. he really praised it and he mentioned that it was a mixed school one of your priorities uh, yeah so i was like okay we can go yeah so i joined gombe ss it was a sunday evening i reported uh got got to the administration block got uniforms and all and there was a bicycle man that was responsible for pushing things to the dormitory section they used to work around the administration block so when you report they helped you push your things to the dormitory so i got one of those uh guys and as we were moving up to the dormitory I now started seeing the school. Yeah. The actual school and the surrounding. And it was nothing similar to where I was from. I would say from then I started getting disappointed. Yeah. I was like Is this is this the place? Why why did why move from Turkish to here? Yes, in my mind that was that was the question. I would say I was disappointed, filled with pain. Yeah. I was used to um pavers, tarmac, soft ground, and here I am. So got into the dormitory uh a thousand decas into the dormitory <laughs> and uh i got my spot uh tried to settle in i was a bit mature in the mind so i i i was forcing myself to settle in to adapt yeah which was quite hard for the first two weeks mm. uh i was doing pem as my combination that's physics economics and math and uh fast forward 
the year ended and I had failed to go to the next class. Why was that? Was it because of the shock of moving from uh, this one comfortable zone to this unfamiliar territory? What could have been the problem for you to not have? Because coming from primary, we identified you are a very bright student. You're even on scholarship. Uh, you're worthy being sponsored by a big school like Turkish. So what happens in that one year that changes everything? All right. So number one, I would say the settling in for me took long. And uh, as we know, or as the listeners might not know, Gombe SS is a very competitive school. Yeah. So you find that there is a lot of coverage in terms of the syllabus. Yeah. Tests happening every weekend. Uh, pass marks here and there. And at the end, you don't realize that the term is done. A year has gone by, yeah. And then another term. By the time I realized in uh, third term, it was too late. Because physics and math and economics, I would say, are subjects that are cumulative in terms of coverage. So one thing leads to the other, yeah. especially math- mathematics. Mm. And uh, I was not yet aggressive with what I was doing. I had not yet you're realized. Not, you're not yet given in into the truth. It hadn't yet sunk in yeah. my mind that look, you're in a different place with different people doing something that requires maximum attention. Yeah. Um, I was forced to change my combination. Uh, to something lighter. I replaced the physics with entrepreneurship and uh, the mathematics with Islam. Now. So before you, you take that decision, is this a personal decision or you take it based on advice? What What really was going on when you realized, oh shit, I've messed up. What what is going on in your mind at that point? Do you what what is the reaction from the parents? That that part, because most people we run over failure, and at that point in your life, we could say you had failed. What was the situation like for this parent who was excited that brought you to this school? What was it like being in a position where, first of all, you realized in real time that you're failing and now you have to change to do something else? So, let me take you back a few, I think a year ago, 
I had a class teacher at Light Academy and she was my mentor. She really observed the way I performed and behaved. And her advice was, you're going to do arts in a very casual way. And, uh, no. You refused? Yeah. I said no. <laughs> Physics, I want to do, I want to be a scientist, I want to be a sciencer. Was this out of, and sometimes we want to be things because of excitement. What do you think had informed your, your insisting to become a scientist? Was it pressure? Was it uh, your, your, that you lacked enough information to make a decision to understand the commitment what because there has to be a reason why you had picked out these instead of the arts as your mentor had recommended obviously right so i i found of course at, at that age uh there are things that were interesting to me and mathematics was was something that i really enjoyed doing uh, but I would say there was no career guidance of what the next step would look like. Yeah. And the mentality I had of how mathematics looked like in O-level was the same one I had for the A-level mathematics. Same to physics. Yeah. And uh, I realized on the job that... These are two different. These are two different things. Yeah. The level needed a lot of commitment, uh, hard work, and consistency. But as I mentioned, the environment also was something that was disturbing my peace of mind. Wait, wait, before we we continue, when you look back. That's the switch that you made from Turkish Light to Gombe SS. How better could you have dealt with it? For someone who is going through uh, a shock of environments, they have shifted from this comfortable zone to a zone where life is a bit tough. What, what uh, advice would you have for them that instead of doing this, do this? What are those limitations that you identified? that made the process of switching hard because the change had happened but there has to be something that made it to delay in your life all right there there are quite a number of things that drive to this and number one i would say is self-realization when you sit down and reflect on where you come from, number one, and where you envision yourself in the future. These are, these, are, these are thoughts that drive you to change and work according to what you envision yourself. Now, take an example. Um, the school I was from was full of rich kids. Rich kids do not have a worry of what they left at home or 
what their future would look like. In most cases, majority of them, that's, that's, that's their thinking. They're, they're not worried about where they are going to uh, get a job or um, what business they are going to manage. Yeah. In most cases, everything is planned out for them. And I'm not saying this in a bad way, but I mean they they are from good families. Yeah, and and uh, it's 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 clear that uh, the family always has a plan. Yes. So you find that after finishing A level, uh, this kid goes flies out to Russia or the UK to do a course of three years in business management, probably at Harvard Business School, comes back and, Life you know, there's, yeah, they, there's a business to manage. There are no trenches in their life. They don't, they don't visit the trenches. They don't. Yeah. Now, this is the part of self-realization that, that I'm talking about. When you sit down and realize that, oh shit, I have no business to manage when I'm done with school. I'm not assured of a placing here to work. Mm. But also, I don't want to live a broke life. Yeah, obviously, you've been around these rich kids and now you yes. have expectations, you have, dreams. You have exposure of how, how, how life how is. good life can be. Yes. When you sit down and think about those two things, you add them up, this will surely drive what you're doing right now. And for for someone who is going through uh, shifting or adapting, I think these are two points to think about. Think about your life how you want your life to look like and also your background, where you come from. Is everything on a silver plate or you have to work for it? I think this drives hard work in the mind. This drives uh, direction, determination and all the factors that trigger the mind to work to success. Yeah. You you bring up a big point where I, I, I agree with you. And most of the times, as young people, when we join the, the company of other young people, we tend to forget who we are. And... Who we are should not determine who we become, but it's, if, if you don't have identity, then you can't work towards something. So when you speak about the self-realization, the consciousness of uh, what you want to be versus who you are and where you're coming from, it gives, it gives uh, a mileage of, it gives um, a rough estimate of the work you have to put in and... I'm sure now we are getting to that point because now you've realized, though it might be a bit late, you've realized it 
you're like oh shit now i have to reevaluate i can no longer continue with this because a level is two years so you take the decision you switch to you said economics entrepreneurship and and islam yeah so i settled and thought about those two things came back with a very switched up mind very positive mind and was really determined to start from scratch um i lost the year um started from scratch and put in the work yeah i read consulted all those things a bright kid would do because i knew i was a bright kid yeah it just needed realization would you say that one year has directly impacted your life a lot look I the one s- year that you lost yeah w- if you were given a chance to not lose it I would w- you would you exchange or would you retain the status quo I, i i would say i would retain i i have a belief that everything really happens for a reason mm. and you know you never know taking that year away because at that point of switching to a different combination there was a question in between do i switch to a new course and move to s6 yeah. or do i start from scratch yeah and it didn't make sense to mix with people who started from scratch to a beginner like me i saw it would um stress me it would stress you it would be hard to catch up i agree yes so i made a decision basing on that mm. it uh it was of course a painful one uh the people who were ahead of course were looking back and saying hey this guy would have been with us what what really happened yeah like there is that kind of stigma if i would say especially when you stay in the same school normally for people who face this they shift to a different school yeah so they appear as a new face and everything is in the past no one knows you yes but so here everyone knows you <laughs> yes and 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 why i also decided to stay was i had now seen the value in the school i had seen the scores i had seen the chats at the administration block that had the highest performers and when i came back my goal was to appear on that chat wow that chat normally had people from 20 points to like 18 yeah and there used to be many that is the competition i'm talking about by many you mean 10 20 
normally a manila chart can accommodate 15 to 20 names and there used to be two charts for a level um so yeah i i, I started from scratch uh met my teachers personally so that they would know who i was uh gave it all i had uh of course the work was something i knew i had to put in yeah uh of course i i was meeting completely new people completely new minds uh the only teacher that remained the same was the one of economics yeah i was i was i was doing the same economics by the same teachers so they gave me a special treatment i would say they didn't they didn't look at me as a failure and that's something i i want to thank them for and would recommend other people dealing with people that may regard themselves as failures to do mm. that you shouldn't stress someone's mind they already know that the first lap didn't was bad, was bad. Yeah. they they already know it i mean it's towards them yeah. running <laughs> yeah but you going ahead to torture them to use i would them call it torture examples. yes, yes. Mm. is something that would worsen someone's situation yeah um i did my first term and guess what i was an academic giant oh oh, oh. <laughs> so let's let's make this clear from failing to catch up to an academic giant exactly wow <laughs> academic giant so normally what happened in gombe ss was when you performed well you were named an academic giant and on top of that you would be recognized at the first assembly of the term uh with a shirt a, a shirt that was different from the uniform the normal uniform and at that time i got a blue shirt with a few designs and a badge that read academic giant so everywhere you would go or move in the school a person would of course know this yes. this person is this, one must be this is dangerous from being special in a bad way you became special in a good way exactly in a space of one year yes what? um yes the hm also gave us money hey. yes I sh yes everyone who is here <laughs> when you go to gombe and you become an academic giant the headmaster gives you money they should not lie to you <laughs> should give you yeah um that was my first time i was really amazed i was happy with myself and i would say from the way i performed and the recognition i got it was 
my turning point. I knew from then that hard work, determination were the things I was to stand next to. In that moment, did the failings feel worthwhile? The failure and the decisions I took felt worth it. The decision I took to step back was now appreciated in my mind. I knew I had time to catch up with, but with the first-time performance, it's something I felt uh, was worth it. Yeah. And I felt really grateful. So moving ahead to second term and third term I was still doing well uh above still good shots <laughs> above 17 points um I met completely new people I got to meet uh a gentleman called Eric he was an economist and we normally shared uh discussions in the evenings just to get familiar with the different terms and points you know in economics there's a certain way you have to answer certain questions so these were things that he really helped me with he was he was also as good he was the the giant as well the second giant i think we were three giants yeah. which giant was bigger than the other <laughs> <laughs> i think i think i think eric was a bigger giant because he was doing a science course and being a giant in a science course is is giant yes now giant okay um the 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 situation was going well it was being managed the dos was now my friend this was a really tough man but uh he got to know me he became my friend i would get into his office say hi to him and move out um now i want to shift from that to now social life yeah um the social life was one i had already seen for a full year and it was not much compared to where i was from uh Unfortunately there was no rugby this time. Yeah. <laughs> In Gombe says there is no rugby. And when I asked around I was told rugby was actually a thing that was almost taking someone's life. So the school decided to ban it completely. But somehow somehow mm somehow someone smuggled the ball inside <laughs> as usual yes he was a guy from a single school and he understood the fun rugby came with yeah he smuggled the ball in and occasionally we used to play rugby at uh the school the school uh pitch. Yeah. 
um there was normally entertainment on saturday evening saturday afternoon uh after the morning classes this was something i had not seen in my life this is what this what i'm going to explain is what i had not seen entertainment in a mixed school where the boys are seated on one side and the girls are seated on the other side it felt the first time it really felt like okay why did i change to a mixed school <laughs> okay why did i change mm. it felt i was still in a single school there was no uh interaction in the free time the kind of interaction was basically class uh and out of class for a short time a limited time yes mm. there was a compound supervisor at gombe ss that was in charge of managing affairs on the compound just in so, case so yes so if if uh, if a boy was to stand with a girl for more than 5 minutes he would intervene Oh. that was a muslim school there was no such thing as ah guy can discuss with a girl for over 20 minutes outside or s- sitting alone in class no mm. it was very principled and i think these are one of the things that impact on the performance of the school yeah that the principle and guidance that the school brings up to the to the students is one that puts them in shape puts them in the straight line in order yes there were pass marks as i moved ahead to my senior 6 Yeah. There were pass marks to reach and if you didn't hit the pass mark. Mm. Those were canes my friend. By the dose himself. Very dangerous man. By the way for all listeners who don't uh, know I also went to Gombe Secondary School. Yes, by that time uh, I had not met him. <laughs> Okay, sorry listeners. This guys having So fast take week. yourself back. I'm about to send him <laughs> out from the podcast. Continue. Right. So around first time as well. I would say I would say uh S5 my last time in S5. I met I met a girl that was from a single school. <coughs> He met a girl. <coughs> Uh, that was from a single school and somehow our minds synced we knew where we were from if you're a parent <laughs> and you're listening sorry <laughs> your mind synced yes 
it was really fast for us to uh, get conversations in the same line. Uh, we had many points of interest, common points of interest. And we started dating at the end of S5. Mm. Because now you're an academic giant. Yeah. You have a shot. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Life was good. Life was good. I was like, let me just put the icing on top of the cake. I see you. Yeah. I was starting to enjoy the school. Mm. Uh, S6 came in. Uh, this is a candidate class. There's more pressure, more uh, work needed. Um, it went well during the term on the side of the new girlfriend I had. Mm. It was really great. I mean, this was something I had not experienced. Ever? Yes. First time girlfriend? Yes. Wow. Leave these primary things of what? <laughs> my sharpener. <laughs> I used my pencil to use my pen. Yes. Um, it was really a wonderful experience mm. that I had. Um, now, the marks started going down. Was it because of the girlfriend or because of other things? Was it the competition? Was it... Now, normally, when you mix uh, competition, academics, and wanting to relax, and wanting to hang out with uh, a girl, or doing any other thing that, uh, you know, takes away your mind. And... Being the first time, mm. it was really exciting for my mind. Yeah. So it took a big percentage of my mind. So in times where I used to discuss in the evenings, mm. it was now time for this girlfriend of mine. Wow. She Pri must have been lucky. Priorities were changing. changing mm. Because it felt good. My mind was starting to get comfortable. But also, uh, there were, there was, there was, there was no much uh, following in first term. The issue came up in the second term. Yeah. Now, second term, the DOS realized I didn't, perform to his expectation in my first term and he called me mm. and asked me what is going on academic giant what is going you on you even received that master's money my friend i said uh, nothing things are not easy um, just <laughs> but things will be good yeah i promised him mm. now this is a term normally for mocks and different sets of exams just preparing ourselves for the third term where the new neighbor actually happens 
So Brindon is a person I met mm. in uh, There's another Brindon or the host of uh, this uh, show. <laughs> Yeah, I met I met uh Brindon in uh my form six first time we were casual friends but as we moved ahead we became close. Number one because we shared entrepreneurship as a subject. He was also doing entrepreneurship and uh he seemed to also understand the things. <laughs> <laughs> the way he says seemed. Hey, I like, used to try to understand. <laughs> That's not so good, but... He was understanding the things. Mm-hmm. And Eric Eric was not uh, someone I would get a hold of. Because now he was in groups of sciences mm-hmm. that he was was up this side they even had their own block yeah so meeting brindon was uh, a blessing because this was a person that i was now open to in terms of discussion this was a person in my class a person just a few desks away from where i used to sit um second term is when the pressure started so we told ourselves let's start discussing he brought up an idea of sitting under a tree there was a seat in front of uh, our class and he brought up the idea of sitting there in the evenings to discuss also lunchtime and it was one idea that really helped us and helped me also <laughs> pull up my marks uh we sat there most of the evenings uh discussing entrepreneurship and how we used to do it was we're going through question papers question papers answer what you do not know that's when you open the book this was something that of course really helped uh a few weeks into the term the dos calls a special group of people that he thinks he wants to look at and he thinks he has hope in mm. moving to third term now so the discussion with him was Guys, I have hope in you. The HM also has hope in you. So, you have to pass. That man was a no-nonsense man. And when he said something, that was it. So, away from the hope and being kind or requesting it was a must for us to pass starting from the mocks that we were going to do he set a pass mark for us 
the special group mm. after signing a commitment letter with him i remember the signing of that letter i was so creeped what? out what <laughs> came to your mind <laughs> <laughs> you know it was like hey guys guys come hey he comes he reads your name you get out it's like go go to the administration block when we reach there we are like 30 people i think 40 30 to 40 is like uh-huh gives us papers it's like read through that is a commitment for you to pass yes for every subject that you don't pass <laughs> <laughs> you will be beaten i think he said 20 in my mind we had just i think come from a test and i had failed that test so i started to count as like do we start from here like each each paper had about three diff- like each subject had diff- three different papers or two that as like shit 40 games 50 i was getting 60 <laughs> i was like man we have to work hard yes. it it was obviously it was not true eventually we find out but that push that push of it's either you do it or you don't and if you don't there are repercussions they are here sign that thing crept me out but my story is for another day i think i will host you you will be seated here <laughs> so after signing this commitment letter what was in my mind was okay uh you get you were a giant and uh, you have to get back and the thing we had started with brindon was one that was supposed to be revised and we told ourselves you get we need to work hard yeah so more work was put in there was more time created after the night preps I remember we used to use the senior four block yeah uh, so we did several entrepreneurship numbers on that blackboard so we got chalk and a duster did uh, an hour and went to rest an hour every day yes so the the the, the power was in that extra hour that we spent every other night and to all of you who are struggling with doing something on your own consider getting a partner who is in the same line or the same thing that you want to pursue or you're doing it really simplifies that two minds are better than one mm. yes that's what i realized yeah from those uh nights and discussions it eventually started paying out uh you know the tests were doing uh the the mock exams were doing turned out not as bad as we yeah you know we thought you know there is always that fear of ah, these are mocks what there is hard there's always the hype mocks i i don't i disagree with the way they hype mocks <laughs> even the name mocks mocks that here to mock you they tell you what the special assemblies ah. like, 
exams might be coming from heaven. And being Gombe as Gombe, the school was very shameless. It would put an exam on Saturday afternoon. And as I explained, this was a time for entertainment. But as the dos, I mean, you're a candidate. Academics first. What's what your are you? You came to study. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that experience. It's it's actually experience that uh, indirectly taught us that it's not supposed to be a schedule. It's when you schedule things that if there's a paper, if you had plans, you have to cancel them. There are things that are more priority than others. Yes. And uh, I would say this this pressure that was put onto us by the DOS and the school and the teachers is one that stayed in our minds and it's a mentality that stuck in our minds. The hard work, first of all. Flexibility. Do you know doing a paper on Sunday? When at 6 a.m. When others are watching. <laughs> that taught me flexibility. You can jump out of bed. You're going mm-hmm. to get your breakfast at the kitchen. And there's an announcement there in dome. Hey, yes, this teacher needs you in class. There's a test. And you're like, what? Right now? And if you didn't do it, I mean, that's bigger trouble. The dose. <laughs> that's bigger trouble. So that taught us flexibility. It taught us that we had to be ready for any situation. So passively, we had to keep reading. We had to keep doing the work we were doing uh on the way uh things started becoming bad with this girlfriend of mine and uh i was now in a very confused state considering do i dump her do i i was now redefining my priorities and just before I could, there was another meeting of another special set of people. <laughs> but that meeting, this special set of people was not the ones the DOS had hope in and the HM. <laughs> no. It was the one of the ones, the ones that DOS was annoyed with. Mm. the HM. It was a group of people that were coupling. It was named coupling mm. in the school. People who were in relationships in school. Being a Muslim school, this was really condemned. Yeah, Really condemned. We had this meeting in the main hall. So I moved, got into the room, realized they were parents. They even called parents. 
So those was like, "Hey, you sit with your partner there. Sit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sit with your partner there. Hey, parents, you first sit on this other side. Eh? Mm. Hey, let's first address, and then hey, we can now mix and see. You see your 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 son and their partner, and you saw wife. Is <laughs> <laughs> that with your partner? I sat with my partner. <laughs> now, my partner, her parent had come. Mm. On my side I was looking around no one. Mm. End of the meeting the parents were suggesting they wanted to discipline the students with their partners. Yes. <laughs> I imagine the the shame in that situation. <laughs> Usually as a <clears throat> as young men we want to be uh, is that sense of masculinity of why why i can't be beaten in front of my, my yes. partner yes how was that feeling it <laughs> you know in the first place the hm didn't have that whole picture he wanted to just speak to us mm. he knew we were mature yeah you know in S6 and all that he thought we were mature and would listen uh to the advice given by the administrators yeah but the th- the, the parents thought no mm. these are children <laughs> no 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 yeah in the eyes of a parent like in the eyes of a parent of course were still children and now the dos was like okay if you want it's okay <laughs> Let me bring the equipment. Uh, he brought a sack of canes. Shit. Now it got real. Mm. It got I, painful. My parent was not there. I don't know whether at that time I didn't know whether they were cold and they just didn't decide to come. Yeah. Oh. You know, they didn't reach out to them. But I was confused, so I decided to step out. I was like, "Man, I don't have a parent here." Like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah. On the way out, I meet the disciplinary master. <sighs> At the same time, he was my entrepreneurship teacher. Mm. He didn't know I was among that group. Mr. Wasoko. Yes, ah. Mr. Wasoko. Was like. You are also here. <laughs> <laughs> It meant more problems. Yeah. As one of the good students in his class. But I was in this meeting. Mm. And he was really disappointed. <sighs> he was like, "Okay, how is your who is your parent?" Like I they didn't come. Hey, he first stand here. I'm coming. I was like, is he going to kill me? Is he going to be my parents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you know in 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 school and all that there are these teachers that that have the parent that have role. that parental mm. uh figure They're like, yeah. ah, you're my you're my son. Stawo ya kundekela. So inside there were canes. The canes started very tough 
your partner. Ay, my partner was being caned. <laughs> oh, my friend. Ay. <laughs> and it was a place that I didn't want to get close to. Mm. She mentioned that her paint was really tough, so I was like, let me not be around. They might just take me home. And but as a man, we expected you to stay and... And and be there. And take the canes for her. I was in confusion. I was, I was, I was looking for my parents. I was like, okay, why didn't they come? Mm. And Mr. Osoko came out and was like, uh, so for you, your parent has not come. Uh, you're going to go home and pick them. Mm. So it was more of like a suspension. Yeah. Uh, I went back home. My parents were not happy. Not happy. What did what they were like? Let's take me through. <clears throat> when you reach home, what do you say? When I reached home, like me and my partner. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I reached home. My mom was like, "Hey, you've got a holidays." Mm. I'm like, "No, not yet." So I had a letter. You just presented the letter. I gave her the letter. And uh, she couldn't open it. She was like, uh, uh, what's inside? <laughs> so I was like, uh, it's a letter mm. addressing you. They, they, need you. they need you at school. <sighs> For what? <sighs> and I mean, I was performing well. Like, my yeah. record was becoming clean, but then this came up. Yeah. And, you know, I had to open up and tell her uh, I was in a relationship and the school administration got to find out and, you know, they, they want to speak to a parent mm-hmm. at school. And you know how furious mothers become and... Don't matter. Like you're disappointing us. Yeah. Like, do we teach you this at home and all that? You know, it was it was not a good situation. So in so for the days I stayed at home, that was reflection time, yeah. and you know, going through uh, the different events that had been happening in my life, uh, getting to put things in line. And I think this this is something that we should continue doing as people. In in life, we get to face different things on different days. Yeah. And we might not realize that, okay, we are moving off track uh, or we are not appreciating ourselves for the things we are doing. Yeah. I feel like <clears throat> as people we should have that time. We should have like a day of reflection. Of reflection. Sit back and look at the month that just passed. Mm. Look at the things you did. Look at the good things. Look at the bad things. Mm. Now, how do you correct or improve on the bad things? Yeah. All the things you feel like you have not delivered on, you you know you've not delivered on. That was the time I spent at home. So I get back to school. 
with my dad. Uh, I get to meet the disciplinary master, Mr. Wasoko. And okay, he was okay. He was calm mm. just because he knew my dad. They they went to university together. So I would say everything moved well. I signed a commitment letter. And then now that I had gone through a reflection phase, yeah. this was a time for, this was another turning point for me. Things had to change. Things really had to change. Um, there were a few days to close the term. Exams coming ahead and all that. I had to now settle down. Mm. Uh, made a hard decision to break the relationship I had uh, with this girlfriend of mine. Yeah. And to settle down, to redefine priorities now. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. And now settled with my boys. Mm. Yes. Uh, the discussions became intense uh, with Brindon. As, as of course, an entrepreneurship class, there was normally that entrepreneurship project. And I missed to join it because somehow I was enjoying life. <laughs> <laughs> so as Brindon was making money from the entrepreneurship project, I remember it was a popcorn, yeah, popcorn kind of thing. Just just failed. Yes. The, the juice. <laughs> the juice failed. It was a bad idea. The juice failed. And I felt like that was an opportunity that I would have gotten into, but I missed. But, you know, Brennan was taking me through uh, what was happening, how uh, the procedure was like, how the selling was like, how uh, customers were dealt with yeah. practically. Uh, he was experiencing that, but I wasn't. Um, I gained interest into business yeah. at that point. And, you know, it was, it was really awesome how uh, the entrepreneurship project exposed uh, Brindon and the people who were doing it to the actual business world. Um, fast forward to end of senior six, uh, we did our UNEB exams and, uh, we appeared on the chat. Mm. Guys, we are, we are actually intelligent. <laughs> we appeared on the chat. Yeah. Appeared on that chat. I mean, that was a goal that stayed in my mind until I achieved it. Were in the newspapers. Can you imagine? Mm, I still have that newspaper, my friend. <laughs> no jokes. You know, it, it felt really great uh, achieving what I envisioned. So vacation came in and missing the entrepreneurship project, there were a number of businesses that we had discussed with Brindon. Man, sitting there was a certain book that, we, that, who is that book? we were writing ideas in. You still have that book? I have pictures of that book. The book was yours. I think it's, it's with you somewhere. Whatever, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that book had 
ideas that required very minimal capital but with good return and good experience yeah so it had things like uh popcorn project liquid soap project chapati business chapati business the rolex float it was called the rolex float the float yeah um uh ice cream no ice 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 hey yes 100 ice those ones yeah um plus a couple of others so when i get into vacation i'm like okay uh huh you guy you started entrepreneurship uh huh mm. <laughs> you want to do business yes <laughs> yes and it's and it's something that most of uh that entrepreneurship students do not end up doing that after studying they sit on that kind of knowledge yeah because you realize there's there are some subjects that actually speak into practical life they speak into things that you can do yeah so the ability of switching what you study to an idea and eventually something you practically do yeah. is one that I, i i want everyone to have so don't just study don't do not just study and leave it at that put into practice and i was really eager because i missed out on the popcorn project so my mind was like uh so what are you going to do for yourself so i picked out liquid soap and that was the first business that i did i picked out liquid soap uh i met a guy called peter he worked next to my mom's office he's the one who trained me how to make nice liquid soap it took just two hours and i had mastered the the the, the skill mm. um started buying equipment uh, sorry material uh, you know the jerry cans the acids all that and started doing liquid soap my first market was uh home and my neighbors next it moved to my mom's workplace and i realized a business cannot just stay at that yeah for you to get a full experience from what a business is yeah it shouldn't be um let me get for you market here you should be able to stand up and move out and source for market it's something that a lot of businesses a lot of young businessmen they call themselves businessmen business business i'm a businessman <laughs> very hard to think it is and we're going to get into that but standing up and putting the work in and remember this was something that i had already learned from gombe ss 
that I had to put in the work to achieve what I wanted to achieve. Yeah. So I had to expand my market, my customer base. Mm. So I started moving around in restaurants, moving around in supermarkets and schools. Yeah. Just to look for people that might be interested in buying liquid soap. The experience is amazing. Mm-hmm. A lot of noise, a lot of uh you know push aways but eventually started paying off. I got uh I got a certain office, a forex bureau that I started supplying uh then a restaurant that I started supplying for the schools uh they needed in bulk at the beginning of the term so at that time I was I didn't have the equipment to to to, to do a lot of liquid soap at the same time and uh I missed out on that opportunity but I told myself ah uh, yeah I should work hard so that I buy bigger Why equipment set up an and set up something to supply schools. <laughs> okay. So uh, the business moved on for some months during my vacation. Um coming to campus now. Um of course I wasn't I had applied for Makerere and I remember we filled in those forms in vacation I think the second week of vacation and my first choice was business administration at Makerere University I knew I had to be, be I had to do business like, you just knew I knew <laughs> business was something that you know I was uh willing to do and I was really Passionate. open to and passionate about um so I was granted I was given the admission of course how do you how do you appear in newspapers and what you don't you appear say? you don't appear on the list of Makere what are you saying so got into campus uh first year I was sleeping at Mitchell Hall Mitchell Arts. <laughs> They're like, hey, Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get into campus. Um, my my college was Cobham's. It was actually next to Mitchell. And yeah, I started studying and started working. Started started uh, dealing with life. Yeah, I was you know out of home and not sleeping at home so i figured yeah i need to to man up mm-hmm. and do whatever is required of me to actually succeed beyond academics yeah so at that time i was still doing a bit of liquid soap on the side um The story of Brindon now is not yet uh into Makere he was still where were you 
Man. <laughs> Excuse me. I was struggling. Mm. I wanted but, before we go but, to to the story of um, of Makere, if you could just for anyone who has listened to your story, I think for me I I've constantly learned a lot every time we share this story. What do you look at? What 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 would you put out there for someone to look at your story and be like, this this speaks to what life is. What 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 would you want someone to pick from your story? What is that core concept of how to deal with life that you want someone to go away with? Because we might have to do a a second episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, according to what we have gone through together in this story um, you realize that there were key points that I was mentioning and I want to just bring them back Um, summarizing it all I think life is something that we have to live ourselves Mm. we should not live a life in pretense you should be able to realize and say you know what this is me this is where i'm from and i want to reach here i want to reach a certain point of life now that comes with a lot of space for hard work here in between yeah like between actually succeeding and realizing that okay this is where i am there's a gap here for hard work it should be filled with hard work yeah a lot of determination yeah and i would say prayer mm. Hard work pays. Yes, it actually pays. And when you look at uh, my story and how I eventually get to do well uh, in A-level and, you know, compared to where I was and the comfort zone I was in, the other thing is the other thing i want to tell the listeners is be able be willing to change be flexible be willing to adapt to life mm. life is not a straight line <clears throat> i agree the change that i had from a very comfortable position to a hard one which eventually taught me to work hard that eventually taught me look there are priorities in life the, uh, you have to learn how to sort them out and point out one that will lead you to a greater point yeah because whatever decision you take it leads you to a certain point but on a graph of life is that the highest point if there's achievement if there's an achievement graph yeah the decision you make 
how far does it push you where does it grab? yes what point do you reach that's a nice question to ask that's a nice point to start for reflection even when you're going to make decisions yes i think that's that's a nice takeaway so before i i'm very sure we're going to have a second episode and the reason why we have this podcast is to share stories what would you put in place uh, in the current studying system the school system and the way it's organized to make sure anyone who is about to get there what would be the suggestions you want to put in place for schools what because we have um, we have this challenge in schools especially high school and university that when most of us get out we are not ready we we get to experience life that we are not used to what would you speak into the school system that can uh, edit the experiences of the learners to make sure by the time they get out they are more prepared yeah i think i think two things um practicability number one uh, i think i think the schools and the education system should incorporate more practical things yeah. in the system that a person a student should learn how to do with their hands rather than just studying the theory part yeah right this builds beyond the writing of notes because ideally what happens in our system is copy notes read them do an exam write the same notes in the exam and Pause. you've passed that there you've passed yeah but when you move out to the real world it's not notes and exams yeah it's what are you doing with the whatever knowledge you've picked yes is what what you're doing so i feel like the the schools should <clears throat> the schools should incorporate more practicability the, you see the way entrepreneurship has that project section yeah there should be a section for each of the subjects mm. that allows you to get a hands-on experience yes and what it would look like in the world yeah and secondly i think schools should eliminate uh really useless i would i wouldn't say useless but things that do not apply more in the real world mm. and actually teach things like financial literacy things that really impact on one's life when they move out to the real world like unfortunately in school we do not have uh, a class that teaches about you know uh the sh- the shilling uh works like this uh the us dollar works like this um the banks work like this right and when this happens there's devaluation when this happens isn't you know, that supposed to be economics economics does not capture that economics looks at things that are already in place things that okay let me describe economics and how it's taught in schools first of all we are studying personalities 
mm. and how they defined economics and their principles and the way they understood economics then so they describe economics and you know uh economic growth things to do with gdp how a country should have sustainable goals i mean these are these are still theory like yeah. well, there are low, laws of demand laws of supply they actually play a role but coming more onto the financial side so in economics i'm not taught how to budget for myself you're not taught that i am not taught that when i invest money i will get out this no wow there is more of theory in the education system that we have yeah than practicability and so what are some of the lessons that uh, you've because you've done businesses i i know you personally and from the liquid soap to the shoes to everything that you have done what are some of those lessons that economics um, didn't teach you about okay or even entrepreneurship didn't teach you about business what are those real life uh, lessons that you have learned that you feel can be of more help to anyone who is starting a business right so in entrepreneurship or economics uh the aspect of business and how a startup works is uh you there's capital there's always an assumption that there's capital <laughs> <laughs> that's number one <laughs> when, when when you look at those notes in school they just say requirements to start a business capital there's always capital yes it's always there yeah and i would say this is this is quite wrong really for 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 the hustlers and the people who want to start businesses from scratch the capital might not be there mm. and the, i think in the next story i will share the story of how the shoeman started it actually started with no capital at all the shoeman is one that really amazes me up to now how it has lived up to now and the amount of money that has been generated from that business Without still amazes me yes so i think number one, the aspect of capital and how entrepreneurship describes businesses in the aspect of capital yeah. is one that does that life connect. that life told me yes yeah. that you can you know you, you have an idea of starting a restaurant but all you have is able to buy the saucepans and pay rent mm. start like don't wait till you have, you have chairs, chairs yes don't wait till won't people sit <laughs> <laughs> like don't wait to, to to wait until you say uh okay i have the 5 million that i am supposed to have to start whatever business you want to start i think the number one 
all, all the few things that 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 make a business or that uh make a person succeed in, in business is the doing the faith in doing mm. that you only learn when you do yes the faith in doing i mean you can start and you know you you the people inside the restaurant do not have seats but you you're cooking food and you know you never know someone is passing by and they're like oh so you have a restaurant oh yes yeah. so you take them through you pitch to them that these are the things that i need or i, I am hoping to have i mean you never know someone may provide whatever is yes so it's hard it's 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 i think it's better to to, to show that there is proof that you're working mm. but you like may, abc yes many more doors can open up on the way many more doors can open up in the way uh there there, there are really many things that that uh that the world teaches you secondly is uh the customers that you face yeah i know that in entrepreneurship and uh marketing it is told that there is something known as customer service yeah and you know you're supposed to treat them well it's it stops at that but life and business life actually teaches you that people are different the way you deal with one person is not the way you deal with the other mm. it's it's only life that teaches you that and i also business. Have, i also have something that uh, i i learned that when you're doing business they are not customers they are your friends <laughs> that should be changed yes if you're dealing with anyone like your customer they will stay they will stay it will be easy for another business to come and take them away because the same business your competitor can provide the same uh, same services that you do it's beyond it should be beyond the product yes like exactly someone can provide the same food yeah and they will go so and then some might not go as as we conclude and we are going to have a second episode uh, for real from your experience uh doing these small businesses what are those beyond the capital beyond the customer service what are those challenges that you have faced and what how how, how have you solved some of them um the challenges have been many mm. to start with um the liquid soap itself mm. <laughs> carrying that 20 liter jerica <laughs> okay i didn't expect that to be one of the problems <laughs> it was a problem mm. so uh, you have to be strong <laughs> for we're going to do businesses should Jim? should 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 be able to carry jerricans okay <laughs> <laughs> what if their businesses are service businesses yeah but yeah on a serious note um I think I think business is like life. Yeah. 
that it is not a straight line. You know how people always have an assumption that uh, they have they have a business plan, a financial plan that in the first two months of business I will have collected this amount of profit. Mm. And in the third month, this loan that I would have gotten, I'll pay it back. I'll pay it back. No. It doesn't work that way. No. Mm. I think I think that is a mentality and it could be a challenge and it could even actually stress you. Yeah. That you shouldn't start a business with expectation to make money in the first one, two, three, four, five, six months. Sometimes it could even stretch to a year. You should be able to be patient mm. in business. The real generational wealth is built with patience. Yeah. If you want fast money, eh? It's nowhere. Should they come to crypto if they want? Fast <laughs> <laughs> if they want fast money, let them stay. Uh, the actual money, the actual money that we call money mm. and the wealth that we all look at is not a one month, a one year thing. Yeah. It is a well thought idea. And on top of that, a few years of hard work. I, I I was watching a podcast uh, on, on YouTube, the Pomp podcast, and there's a guy who said, "We plan a lot. Everyone plans, 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 and they never implement." It's a big challenge to the businessmen here. Yeah. The second thing I would say is the ego. People call themselves CEO on the first day. Of operation. Yeah. And you know it deals with the mind directly. CEO is a position. I mean, CEO is... I'm the boss. Yeah. Not knowing this is a startup. You actually invested your money that you may have saved. Mm. Or, you know, you got it from different contributions or something. You get that money in one place. Start a business. And call yourself CEO and sit and hope that the business will work itself out. Yeah. You become a CEO you become a CEO of nothing. Yes. People should realize and get on their feet, fold their sleeves and start punching whatever whatever business they are doing. Mm. Ego has driven a lot of people out of business. And the statistics will tell you that the the startups actually I think I think 60 or 70% of the startups one year dead. <laughs> one year dead is enough for them. Actually and most the statistics is not that they live for, they don't make one year so they are startups of one week. Yes. Their businesses that last three days. Yes. When you talk about ego, I, I remember 
some of the things that I see people who want to start, obviously. You have a friend like, hey, I want to start a restaurant. I'm like, can you mop? Mm. Like, if the place was dirty, would you mop? Mm. They're like, ah, me, I can't mop. I'm like, don't start a restaurant. Mm. There's a time, as a person who is running a startup, you have to get your hands dirty. Yes. And if you have an ego, if you're someone who does not, who who holds yourself to a certain standard, to the extent that you cannot do some things, business is not for you. Because business has a way of testing you. I'll give an example. I have my photographer friend, and he went to this party. His contract was to take pictures. He reached there and they asked him, please help us organize the chairs. What uh, We are trying to get the venue in order. And he said, no, 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 me, I'm here to take pictures. Yes. Mm. And they told him to leave. He lost out. He lost. He lost and they the, called he someone. He lost the gig. They, no, this is what is funny. They called another photographer that he knows. So the photographer who came in didn't organize the chairs, but I presume he was more humble. Mm. He ended up taking that contract. But on top of that wedding that he was supposed to, to, to capture, he received, I think, a series of about four to five gigs from mm. there. Mm. And the testimony was, from these parties that he did, he actually bought another camera. Wow. Wow. So the, the next limitation in a startup, the next breakthrough, could be based on your ego. Yes. Most of the times, it's based on your ego. So if you're not humble enough to when not even in a startup, even for uh, young people who are employed, if there's water down in the office, don't wait for a cleaner to come. If you mm. can clean it, clean it. Simple, like, it does not change a lot but it adds value to you as a person. The responsibility of taking care of your business as you would take care of yourself. Mm. Take care of, like, the ego to feel that you're not equal to the people you're working with, whether you're in a business, whether, like, the, the idea of, in business, you don't have standards. In business, you're not a, you, you, I, I've done things. Yes. And time and again, sometimes you have to realize in business, you're actually the lowest person. If you're running a business, you're the lowest person in the business. Mm. The customer comes, the, the, the taxpayer, the tax collector, the driver, whoever is in that business is better than you. You're supposed to be the least. Be as humble as possible. Yes. Um... Moving ahead, I think I think uh, the other challenge that really sticks out is the finances and how to manage the finances. You want to expose our secrets? <laughs> <laughs> money, money can be an issue. I think, <laughs> I think we we as uh, young people need to develop the enthusiasm to just learn about it. Mm. Mm. when you speak that one I still struggle with it mm. not that I spend my money on things that I don't want but sometimes I want to you know after having money and you're like but what did I spend on 
No, you look at you know, take take an example of one month into business. And let's say let's say you you decided to to keep let's let's say you're doing a chapati business. So your your your, your employer your employee has been doing chapatis for one month and you have been storing this money. Yeah. Right? At the end of the month, you pick this money and most of the businessmen, they call themselves businessmen. CEOs. CEOs. Founding partner. Yes. <laughs> Comrades. <laughs> most of these businessmen think about spending. Yeah. Unfortunately. Spending. I think for a business or a startup spending the spending that should be actually there is one that is directly uh to the business itself mm. if you are spending profit from the business think about spending on the business not on yourself yeah separate business from self and and i and i know a lot of people will say ah i mean why did i create the business to yeah. to 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 have a good life to make profit and you know but look at the bigger picture if you're spending 70% of the profits on yourself and let's say uh 20% on the business and you're saving that in mm. somewhere that that alone is management of finance although you've managed them badly that equation yes. <laughs> someone at least should learn that mm. long long term that you might have a bit of success there are people who actually don't know that you should allocate some to yourself allocate mm. some to the business the moment they get profits they are running to spend mm. all of it yeah um, so the 70 10 20 yeah 70 10 20 in the long run you find that the business is not surviving yeah the money that should be able to take care of it is being spent on you drinking betting and i think we should have a podcast about things that 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 we spend your money on no <laughs> about about i don't know the youth and the things that they do mm. there are a lot of things that the youth do that actually drill their minds not 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 even the the money itself like they spend money to get sick that's a big problem on our next podcast <laughs> so as we conclude we've talked about school systems we've talked about startups uh and as we conclude i would love to thank you you've shared a story usually when people say i'm successful at this they tend not to say i first failed at this yes today's story you've put out the details of what it takes to even be successful in the ugandan school system and we thank you for that you've specified on startups and i hope for the listeners we've learned a thing or two now as we as we go away from here 
what are some of those actionable points for a startup that if if I was to start changing it today, give me just one that a startup owner or a founder or a CEO or a managing partner can start to practice tomorrow and it will start to yield results immediately. Yeah. Um, I think the the only thing I I would say is um, where are those shoots come to your business if 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 you if you have a charcoal business if you have a chapati business work there there are a lot of people and i i had to think think that through because i was just analyzing a lot of businesses and i've seen friends and people that i do not know when when they come to their business they they are smart and all they're doing is ordering their employee to to do something yeah like it's even i don't know the customer would even feel really good to find you the one serving them you know serving them or steering the the food mm. like it would mean that this person actually cares this person actually cares about what he's doing he knows what he's doing actually gives them that, that that kind of satisfaction if you're out there and you have a startup in anything be involved be involved in whatever process there is in your business i think that is that is that is it from me really thank you for hosting me sabila afan Sabila Babu Afan Sabila yes. Afan Babu yes which order Babu Af- Sabila Babu Afan thank you for being on the growth mindsets podcast thank you for sharing your story would love to host you again uh, i think for a listener who doesn't know who Sabila Babu Afan is he's also a blockchain educator he is a renowned business ceo He doesn't like to be called that but he has done a few many startups. Most of them have failed, but one that is succeeding is Skillhaven. So when we come back when we have you next time, would love to focus more on what you see in blockchain. As a person who has started very many businesses, as a person who has done liquid soap shows restaurant and i don't know what where do we find the value in blockchain as young people but that will be on our next episode thank you for making time we hope to host you again and uh, just your closing remarks where can people find you if someone wants to learn from you can they call you If someone wants to appreciate you is your number registered on mobile money uh, uh, if you want to appreciate me my twitter handle is at @afansabila and there is a, a bitcoin address there you can send some sats thank you so if if they don't know how to use bitcoin <laughs> they have to first learn how yes to use we shall have to teach them okay thank yes. you very much for making time 
A few moments later. Thank you so much for hosting. <laughs> Thank you.